But let's this morning turn to the Word of God and let's turn to First uh, Kings chapter 17. We're going to do some series on Elijah and we're going to start in First Kings chapter 17. And it's probably, you've probably heard so many things about Elijah before and I pray that to, today you will be challenged as we hear about Elijah and his life and how the Lord worked in his life. And the fact that our theme is excel still more. If I think of Elijah, there was always more and more blessings coming. There was, there was always more and more growth needed in his life as the Lord stretched him and as the Lord worked in his life. But let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 17 and we're going to read from verses 1. 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to read from verse 1. <clears throat> All right, if you... I'm going to read from the NIV, but I, I prefer King Jimmy, the King James Version, uh, uh, the New King James Version, but, you, but let's, let's read from uh, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith ravine, the brook Cherith, the King James Version says, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the brook Cherith and east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Some time later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So far, may God bless the reading of his precious word. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for your involvement in our lives. There's never a moment that you are not there for us, Lord. And Lord, as we focus on Elijah and his life and his journey with you, I pray, Lord, that our journey with you in this year, 2020, will be a journey, Lord, where you constantly remind us that you are there for us, despite what we are facing and despite what we are going through. And we pray that you will bless the, your word this morning. Lord, I give myself to you totally and completely. I pray that you will use me to proclaim your unsearchable riches, Lord, in a dynamic and in a powerful way, and honor you today. Father, I also want to pray for those who are not with us. I think of Ivor. I think of others who are not well. We pray that you will reach out to them right where they are and just minister to them today. Let them acknowledge the fact that you are their strength. You are the one who sustains them. And Lord, you are here with us. And won't you minister to us in a special way here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I had my way this morning, I would have asked Daniel to come and give a testimony, but we, we will do that on another occasion, Daniel. You will get your opportunity. 
Uh, I know you want to thank everybody and all of that. You will get your opportunity. All right. Thank you. But let's turn to the Word of God, empowered by the God of more than enough. First Kings chapter 7. Elijah lived in a time when many believers were hiding in caves, afraid to speak. Did you hear that? He lived in a time when many believers were hiding in caves. You didn't think we would, we would, think, we would look at Elijah in that way. Believers were living in caves. How do you like that? They were acting as though God was either dead or have taken a vacation. God has taken a break. He who never slumbers or sleeps, suddenly to them he has taken a break. Can you imagine that? God taking a break, hey? <laughs> when men have done their worst, when I think of Elijah, when men have done their worst, or when people, rather, have done their worst, it is time for God to begin. And you know, when I think of this situation here, the whole land seemed to be in decline. All of the thousands of Israel, or of all of the thousands of Israel, only 7,000 remained who did not bow the knee or kissed the hand to bow. But they were paralyzed with fear and kept so quiet and, and so still. They were so silent, hiding in caves, that their very existence was unknown to Elijah. And he could have said at this moment, well, no one else is taking a stand, so I guess I won't either. So I guess I won't either. No one's taking a stand. No one's doing what they're supposed to be doing, so I'm also just going to go with the flow, follow the crowd. But that's not what Elijah said. I want to say this to us. Today we live in a time when the world is challenging Christian beliefs and people are crying for answers. It is a time when the fields are still white unto harvest, as Scripture says. Many Christians, however, are hiding, and I'm spiritualizing here, but many Christians are hiding in their caves of materialism, of comfort, of self-pity, of bitterness, of unforgiveness, of negative attitudes and negative pers perspectives. Many are hiding in a cave, imprisoned there imprisoned there. I don't know where you are imprisoned this morning. I don't know in which cave you are hiding this morning. I don't know where you are. But that's what happened among those believers. They were afraid to risk their lives or their reputations for the Lord. But I want to say that God is still looking for men and women who will count on his presence by faith, represent him and face the challenges and risk of our day with all its various ideologies and philosophies and strategies and thinking. God is still looking for a man or a woman who will stand in the gap for him. As Ezekiel said in Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 29 to 31. The word Elijah 
we think of it, or the name Elijah means Jehovah is my God. There's another meaning there, and that's the one we're going to focus on. Jehovah is my strength. Is Jehovah, is the Lord God your strength this morning? God was the strength of his life. Of whom should he be afraid? Psalm 73 verse 26 says that God is the strength of my life and my portion forever. What was it about Elijah that made his life so powerful and so effective? Firstly, we learn that Elijah learned, or we, we, we hear from Scripture and we, we are taught, Elijah learned to be completely dependent on God. Verse 1 there. As the Lord, the God of Israel loves. He stood before Ahab, the, the king. To all of the people there, Jehovah God seemed dead. But to Elijah, he was the one supreme reality. Most of those other folks were living like their God was dead. But Elijah's God was alive. I ask you this morning, is your God alive? God was not just a theological idea to him, but a living, personal God. He did not just know about God, this Elijah, but he knew God in such a personal way that it transformed his life, it transformed his thinking, it transformed his speech, it transformed his focus. It even transformed the lives of those around him. It's as Daniel said in, in, in Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, but the people who know God will display strength and take action the King James Version said, will, will dis, not uh, only display strength, but the, they will do exploits. That's what the King James Version says. And then as, as this man spoke to Ahab, and he spoke to him about the fact that the Lord was alive. The Lord God was alive. It's like the, Elijah was saying, or Elijah was saying, he is the transcendent God. He transcends all. He is above all and outside of all. He is totally independent of all. He is totally separate from, from and outside of time and creation. He is enthroned on high and exalted above the heavens. He is the sovereign king, the independent and all-powerful God of the universe. According to Psalm 113, verse 4 and 5, and, and many other verses, Psalm 103, verse 19. You can, I'm just mentioning it, but you can read it at home. Psalm 123, verse 1, and 1 speaks about his rulership and how he's in charge of everything. God is above us. He's below us. He's at both sides of us. He's everywhere. He's within us. All at the same time. Isn't that amazing? Elijah was consciously strengthened by this truth as he stood before Ahab. He knew he was not alone. 
And you know, King James Version says, the, I'm standing before you, and I love that, before whom I stand. It's, uh, I'm going to read this. Uh, as the Lord God of Israel lives, whom I serve. Now, in, um, in the King James Version, it says, before whom I stand. He was standing in the presence of Ahab. But he was conscious of the presence of a greater than any earthly monarch. Our great king. Our great God. He was conscious of God's presence and committed as God's representative. He was under God's watchful eye. He knew that. He was under God's protection. He was under God's supply. He was under God's enablement. And he was under God's orders. This statement also highlights Elijah's loyalty to God, the God of Israel. In contrast to the disloyalty of the majority who worshipped Baal. I ask you this morning, can people tell we are different because of our relationship with the Lord? He knew that there was no place where the Lord would be absent from caring for him. Because his watchful eye, God's watchful eye was on him. Proverbs 5 verse 21 says, For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord. And he watches all his paths. There is no limit, brothers and sisters, to the Lord's presence. And no place is closer to him than another. Do you realize that? No place is closer to him than another. He does not need to travel. He can act in all parts of the universe at once with all his authority and power. That's the one we serve. That's the one we love. He is present here this morning. He was present there with Elijah to manifest himself on his behalf. And this morning, he is present to manifest himself on our behalf. Just think of what you've been facing, the challenges before you, the problems that seem so insurmountable. Just think about it for a moment. And he is comes to you this morning and it reminds you, I'm here manifesting to you that you can trust me and hold on to me. Elijah was completely dependent on him. Are you completely dependent on him this morning? But then secondly, Elijah was a model of promptness. <laughs> it was a model of promptness. Whatever God told him to do, he went to work at once and did it. How do you like this? Verse 5 says, so he did what the Lord had told him. I want to repeat that. Whatever God told him to do, he went to work at once and did it. Elijah had no plan B. He was completely sold out to God. He sat until the water ran out, waiting for God's next command. When the Lord told him to go and hide himself by the brook on the east side of the Jordan, he obeyed implicitly. He obeyed totally, wholeheartedly. He obeyed. He was there in obedience to him. I don't know what's been happening in your life. 
But are you obedient to him this morning? But then the Lord goes further. The Lord also promised to send ravens to feed him. You must remember that. Eh? You are, I want you to obey me, Elijah. I want you to go to the brook. But I want ravens to feed you there. Now, I have no doubt that the prophet was not exactly thrilled when the Lord said ravens are going to feed him. It's hard enough to have to hide yourself in a desolate region or in a desert place, in a dry place. It's hard enough already to, to hide yourself where there is drought. Far worse was the news that he would be fed twice a day by unclean birds. To the Jew, that was unclean. A raven was unclean. The whole thing was unusual because ravens normally care only for their own. Isn't it true? Under no circumstances would they bring food to a man, much less do it twice a day. Raven. Like his eyes must have gone so big. Ravens. Ravens feeding me. When I think of a raven, <laughs> you must remember, ravens, <laughs> they, uh, they are scavengers. <laughs> They look for decayed flesh. And they enjoy decayed flesh. But the Lord says to the ravens, I want you to bring fresh meat and, meat and bread to, uh, to Elijah. Do you think they did that? It must have been a fearsome sight to see those Black birds swooping in with bread and meat in their beaks. But they did not come by chance, nor did they fly from a nearby cave. God sent them. God commanded them. God directed them. And thus they came to the prophet's aid. They knew where the prophet was. He, they knew where the cave was. They knew where the brook was. <laughs> they knew. He knows your name this morning. He knows your address this morning. He knows what you need today. And he knows what you will need tomorrow. Even when you think he has forgotten you, he knows what you need and he knows when you need it and he will make sure that you have it in time, right on time. As he sent the ravens to Elijah, brothers and sisters, you probably have it on your notes, he can command all heaven and earth to come to your aid. I don't know what's happening in your life, but as he sent the ravens, he can command all heaven and earth to come to your aid this morning. That's what Elijah discovered. But thirdly, Elijah learned to live one, uh, one day at a time. Isn't it amazing? We don't really want to live one day at a time these days, eh? The Lord sent the ravens to Elijah twice a day. <laughs> in the morning... And again in the evening, verses 6, morning and evening, the ravens were there feeding Elijah. Reminds us of that verse in Matthew 6, 11, eh? 
Give us this day our daily bread. Daily. They were there, the ravens, to provide whatever Elijah needed. The brook was there for him to enjoy the water. You know, someone years back with, what, with their own business said to me, we are barely making it. June was tough. Can you remember the word, this person's word? June was tough, but we have two contracts for July. Did you hear that? June was tough, but we have two contracts for July. You know, I want to say this to us. Just when we're about to run out, God comes through for us. Just when we're about to run out, God brings more work in for those who are in businesses and all that. Just when we're about to run out, God brings in. He brings in the provision. He is faithful. He supplies our need, though, on a day-to-day -day basis. Let's never forget that. Give us this day our daily bread. He supplies our needs on a day-to-day -day basis. If we had our way, we would pray a different prayer. Yeah, not give us this day. What do you think we would pray? We would pray a different prayer. We would, we would pray, give us this week our weekly bread. Isn't that true? Or give us this month our monthly bread. Or even better, <laughs> give us this year <laughs> our yearly bread. Uh, I have no problem with planning ahead and thinking ahead, but I want to say that you should plan ahead. But you shouldn't worry ahead. And many of us still worry ahead. Isn't it true? We plan ahead, but we still worry ahead. But let's allow the Lord to guide us and direct us. His provision is always on time. Oh, I want to say this. There's never been a time when the Lord has not come through for you at the right moment. He is faithful. God promises his people enough. Did you hear that? Enough. From his more than enough supply. Enough every day. Enough provision every day. Enough air to breathe every day. Enough love every day. Enough forgiveness every day. Enough wisdom every day. Enough protection every day. Enough, enough, enough. He promises each one of us enough of his supply every day. He can take an unclean bird and feed his prophet. And he can do it for days or months or even years. As in the case of Elijah. I want to repeat that. He can take an unclean bird and feed his prophet. And he can do it for days or months or even years. When I talk about days or months or even years, I, I think of James chapter 5 verse 17, which, say, which says, what does it say there? Huh? James 5 verse 17, Elijah prayed for three and a half years. Huh? He prayed what did he pray? Elijah prayed. It did not rain in Israel. So he prayed that it would not rain and it did not rain for three and a half years. That's in James chapter 5 verse 17. For three and a half years. If that is how long he was at the brook, 
If that is how long he was at the brew, can you imagine it? It means that the raven served him 2,000 meals for three and a half years. 2,000 meals. Did you ever think about that? As you look at the course of your life this morning, you may think that God is going to use some rich uncle or wealthy friend to help you out. How about the unclean raven? How about the one you least expect? But experience shows us how unlikely that is. Isn't it true? He's much more likely to meet your needs through the ravens of the earth that fly to your need when you least expect it. The ravens of the earth. The Lord has plenty of ravens. He has plenty of people that we least expect to supply the needs of his children. To supply your need today. He has plenty of ravens to supply your need today. Remember that. I repeat that. The Lord has plenty of ravens to supply the needs of his children. If God sends you to the brook to hide for a season... Do not despair, for he has not forgotten you. Though you are hidden to man, you are not hidden to your heavenly Father. He knows where you are, and he knows why you are there. Your grocery list or your, your needs list is written on his heart this morning. It was a hard time during the drought. For everyone, the, when Elijah was there at the brook, it was a hard time for everyone. Yet Elijah saw God supply his need. What more could he have asked for in this time of drought? He had God's provision, he had water, he had food. He had bread right there at the brook for three and a half years. Can you imagine that? 2,000 meals. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I, I stand amazed at the Lord. I stand amazed at how the Lord works. But he has his own way of working in our lives. But then finally here this morning, our last point that I want to make is Elijah learned that God alone appoints the beginning and ending of every season of life. God alone appoints the beginning and ending of every, every season of life. Verse 7 says, the brook dried up. God alone appoints that. You can't appoint it. You can't make a decision on your own. The brook dried at the end of the days appointed by God. The water ran as long as God decreed it. And on the day he decreed that the brook should begin to dry up, it began to dry up. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. All creation must answer to him. Every drop of water that falls comes from his hand. The same God who sent the rain also sent the drought. The same God who called Elijah to confront Ahab also sent him to hide at the brook. The same God who sent the ravens 
now dries up the brook and there's no more ravens. There's no more water. There's nothing. What would you do when there is nothing? Have you ever been there? I want to say this. I've been there. But I've seen the hand of God during those times, working and accomplishing much more than I, from a human perspective, could have ever accomplished. The Bible says, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. I want to say this, the Lord determines your steps. Proverbs 16, verse 9. The buzzword today is not risk. Isn't it true? And as we heard what Robin said, it's not suffering. With, people don't want to suffer. The buzzword is not risk, but security. I want to feel secure. I, I want to feel that hey, I can handle this. I can deal with it. That's, a, that's the generation that we are suddenly living in, where everybody wants to feel secure. Yes, it's good to feel secure. But you know what? We need to be stretched at times in order for us to grow. And to become more Christ-like. And uh, you know, the buzzword is, you know, it's not rest but secure. I want to feel secure. We are afraid to take giant steps of faith for God in these days. But I want to say this to you. God's timing and ours are seldom the same. That is why we must learn to wait on Him. We must learn to trust Him and to depend on him. Elijah discovered that God very seldom reveals his plans in advance. Isn't that true? He discovered it here. Does the Lord reveal his plans in advance? Sometimes he does. Often he doesn't. Eh? He has certain things that he would reveal to us in advance. Yes. But the total plan? Does he unfold it just like that? I think we would try to correct the Lord, as I said last week, if, if he does that. Elijah had no idea of where God would lead him next. And neither do we. Neither do we this morning. No idea, but neither do we. God's leading often involves sudden changes. And it was a sudden change for Elijah. The brook was dry. The ravens didn't come. Sudden changes. Just when we think life is exactly the way we want it, suddenly everything changes. Someone once said, and it's not my, my words, I wish it was, life is a kaleidoscope of constantly shifting colors and patterns and, <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> I don't know what your life is like this morning. I don't know what the pattern of your life is like. To say this to you, only God sees the bigger picture. Elijah was not infected. Elijah was not influenced. Elijah was not poisoned by the mood of his day. Even when the brook dried up, Elijah had no need to fear. His source of provision dried up. It seemed like that. Seemingly, his source of provision, we should put it in those words, dried up. But he is God, who was faithful. He still remained the same. His, God's faithfulness didn't dry up. 
And I want to end off with a word there because it's a word, a key word there in Elijah. The word there at the brook, and I want to end off with it. Being there is important. Where are you this morning? Are you there where the Lord could use you? Are you there where the Lord could touch your life? Are you there? That's that key little word, there. Being there at the brook was important for Elijah. You see, there is a place of promise. Those who are there will see more than those who are not. You've got to be there where the Lord could use you. You've got to be there where the Lord could shape your life. There is not only a place of promise there. There is a place of, and I'm using alliterations here, there is a place of provision. The God who promises is also the God who can bring it to pass. My God will supply all our needs according to his riches. There is a place of advanced preparation. Oh, we don't want the preparation, but as we look back, we see how the Lord has prepared us. Isn't it true? There is a place of advanced preparation. We serve a God who is not bound by by the limits of time and space. He transcends both. And someone once said, our needs are merely the evidence of God's supply in waiting. But you know, when I think of there, there is a place of power. Elijah got to see the power of God manifested before his very eyes. Oh, because he was there where where he needed to be. There is a place of protection. I want to say this to us. The safest place you can be is there where you're supposed to be. For Noah, there was the ark. For Abraham, there was Mount Moriah when he sacrificed his son. For Paul, there was a prison sentence. For Ruth, the fields of Boaz was where she needed to be in order for God to bless her. And for Jesus, there was a cross. For Jesus, there was a cross. Where is your there this morning? Because it's there where you need to be, where he will bless you, where he will come through for you. Sometimes you're there, it's not he's there, but we know that. You are aware of it. If it's not, he's there for you at this point in time. You know it's not the right place. You also know when. That there is the right place. Yes, the Lord brings everything to an end. He appoints the beginning of something, and whatever you're going through, the Lord appoints it, but he ends it as well. I don't know what season you are in, but I want to encourage you this morning and say the the season is ending, whatever it is. Because there's another there for you that is waiting. Amen.